If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. We've talked about strength numerous times on our podcast, and we recently did an episode all about strength, and we wanted to get in a little deeper, no pun intended. And so <laughs> this episode is all about training with unconventional exercises, training like a strong man, not because you're going to compete as a strong man, but because you want to look better naked. Getting yeah. strong, in our opinion, and remember, we have good opinions. We've been training people for- Strong people look good naked. Decades. Uh, getting strong and doing it the right way, especially with functional strength, just makes your body look amazing. So in this episode, we talk about the functionality of certain exercises. We talk about how doing different types of movements are novel and why the body responds better to novel movements than it does to movements you're used to. Um, in terms of building muscle and burning body fat, doing things that are different tend to get your body to respond a little bit better. Then we talk about why people don't do them. I mean, they're hard. Uh, people misunderstand them, especially women think that some of these exercises are just for guys or just for people who want to look big and burly. Um, and then how to program these. Like, where do you put farmer walks? Where do you put zercher squats? Where do you put a bent press in your routine? And then finally, at the end of the episode, we talk all about our MAPS Strong program. And we actually break it down. We tell you what's in the program, all the different phases, the work sessions, who it's appropriate for, who it's not appropriate for. And of course, to remind everybody, there's four days left for MAPS Strong to be 50% off. Just go to mapsstrong.com, M-A-P-S-S-T-R-O-N-G.com, and use the code STRONG50, S-T-R-O-N-G-5-0, for the discount. We did an episode recently on just strength and what is strength. Um, and I think I'd like to dive a little deeper and talk about strongman-type training. You know what I'm saying? Not just, uh, you know, like competing in strongman, but like, some of the alternative movements and exercises and things that you do for that kind of training and the, the way that they benefit everyday people. You well, know what I'm saying? I, I like this topic because it wasn't um, it wasn't that often that I would have somebody who hired me and said, Adam, I want to get strong. Uh, I think the most common things I hear is, you know, I want to lose body fat, at, you know, I want to lean out, uh, I want to build muscle, but I didn't get that many clients that came to me. It's not that I didn't get it, but I didn't get very many that would right. come to me and say, "Yeah, you'd have to like sell it to them." Right, I had to sell the idea on why getting strong was so important. So I do like the idea of diving deeper into this topic because when I go back and think about all the programs that I'd written for clients, some of the best results that my clients that didn't think they wanted to get strong that ended up getting because we decided to focus on getting strong. As a byproduct, they got, or as a side effect, they ended up getting in better shape or losing the body fat they wanted or building more muscle. Well, my number one goal always was with every client, regardless of what their goals were, I don't care if your goal was fat loss, I don't care if your goal was obviously to build muscle, become more mobile, um, get rid of pain, in some way, shape, or form, it's all about getting stronger, isn't it? Right. It's all about trying to get the body to move better through improving or increasing uh, their strength. Um, and, you know, here's a good story to kind of illustrate, because I like to talk about, like, functional strength and the difference between the kind of strength that is usable in the real world um, and the kind of strength that is not as applicable in the real world. 
Um, I remember years ago, um, and I might have told this story on a recent podcast, but uh, my dad used to own a, a, a tile and marble company. And he brought a crew with him one day, because I used to help him in the summer, to do this job. And one of the guys on the crew was this new dude that I hadn't met before. And he was a younger guy. He was in his 20s. So I'm, I'm a kid, right? So I'm like maybe, I don't know, 11 or 12. He's in his 20s. And he was pretty muscular. And, you know, for a kid who was interested in being strong or whatever, I thought he was like the coolest guy in the world. And I remember, you know, he came on board and I, I, had, and I was talking to him, asking about his exercise and stuff. And my dad's like, well, let's see how well he does today in the work. You know, yeah. the mixing cement and the carrying world stuff. bags of cement and carrying buckets up, uh, you know, up and down stairs and, you know, breaking things and whatever. And he, this guy just, he couldn't hang. The older guys uh, who had been doing this kind of work for a long time carried full buckets of cement up five, you know, five flights. We did worked on this massive house. And we had to walk up, uh, it was like four flights of stairs or something silly like that. And these guys filled up their buckets full of cement. And that's heavy. If you've ever held a bucket full of like wet mud, which is, that's a term for the, the kind of cement that we were using. Those are heavy. Real and heavy. and uh, this guy, after a few 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 rounds or whatever, you know, he's half a bucket, you know. And these other old guys are full buckets. And I started to realize there's there's a difference between that functional kind of strength, the kind of strength that when you need to help your friend move, or when you need to well, lift a, something odd. There's you know? a difference between looking strong and being strong, which I like you telling that story too, because a lot of times I had to do a lot of the the selling to my female clients to convince them that getting strong was a good idea for us because rarely ever did they come in wanting to do that. And a lot of people still uh, connect being strong with big muscles. Mm -hmm. You know, In order to be strong, you need big muscles. The bigger the muscles, the stronger the person. Right. And if I'm a lady coming in to lose body fat, I'm not really interested, Adam, in getting that, that much strong. I don't need to get any stronger. Right. I just want to lose body fat. But there's, there's a difference between... Uh, looking strong and just having big muscles that aren't that functional and then actually being real world strong and able to do things that uh, you may not even look like you're able to do. Right. And that's a big myth too with women is that uh, female clients at least is that they would be so afraid of, of working out, trying to get stronger and then waking up the next day and looking like, like a pro bodybuilder. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it takes a long time to build muscle even if you have incredible genetics, even if you're on anabolic steroids, it can take a long time. And you're and if you're a female, you just you don't build muscle like a man does. What you will get is a hard, solid body. And then when you're strong, let me tell you something. You want to talk about feeling independent and feeling like, you know, you could do whatever you want. Get strong. Um, you know, take your. I've seen. You know, we we travel quite a bit with Mind Pump, and you'll see sometimes. Uh, people trying to put their their suitcase in the overhead compartment, mm. and you'll see some women struggle doing it, and then the men have to help them out. And then sometimes you'll see women who work out, and they'll fling that thing right up there. Yeah. Like you can move things, you can do things. It just makes life easier to be really strong. And the kind of body that you're going to have from training for strength is just going to look very tight, very sculpted. You're going to look hard. You're not going to look uh, big or or masculine. Um, the masculine look comes from the anabolic steroids that some of these female athletes take. Oh, and one of my favorite things about finally convincing a client that, hey, let's start to focus on strength and 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 doing you know strongman type of lifts, which would seem so foreign to anything you would ever want to do, is once I would convince them to start moving in this direction, 
uh, the results would just come on so fast. Mm -hmm. And I, I think a lot of that is just to how novel it was for their body, right? I think that they were so used to, you know, what all the magazines and the hype was. Yeah, to, they're used to lunges and leg curls. And right, and all the pumping exercises and the high reps and low rest periods and circuit-type training. And then all of a sudden you take that client and you convince them, like, we're going to train to get strong, and I want to give you some longer rest periods, and we're going to do some of these unconventional type of lifts that you've probably never done before. And just – the, what the body has to do as far as adapting to get used to those movements, they end up burning all kinds of fat and building all kinds mm -hmm. of muscles. Oh, they respond right away. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's awesome. That's that's one of those things why we're always trying to introduce that to, especially our female clients, was because that wasn't something that's very popular uh, and it's not out there. You're not going to find a lot of videos out there specifically showing you how to strength train properly and what that will do for your physique uh, on top of that. Yeah, and if, something for me that I've valued a long time ago, um, you know, probably about, I don't know, 12 years ago or so, I found this website uh, that had old, I think it was called Old Time Strongman or something like that. And on this website were books about these, you know, men and women that were strength athletes at the turn of the century before steroids, or before anything. protein powders even like, and I looked at some of the exercises that they did. And a lot of these exercises have been lost. Mm -hmm. uh, they, the people just don't do them anymore because they're hard, right? Here's an exercise that that you're starting to see people do now, but as, as, as recent as maybe four or five years ago, nobody was doing. Good mornings. You yeah. almost never saw anybody do good mornings. Now, good morning is an old school strength building exercise. And it's in particular, it works the butt and the hamstrings and it strengthens the low back. But- you never saw them being done in gyms. It was just they took them out, and for whatever reason, they stopped doing them. Oh, I tell you, if I saw a good morning, and I believe I remember seeing a good morning when I was like 18, 17, 18 years old, and thinking that person didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, that's how you break your back. That's how foreign it is to in a gym. Is I was a, a workout kid or into fitness, and I remember the first time seeing someone doing a good morning, thinking like, "Oh, what the fuck are they doing?" <laughs> I remember yeah. learning that uh, from a Zotman curl. A Zotman curl is an old school dumbbell curl exercise that nobody does anymore. Essentially, the way it looks is you're 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 doing like a normal supinating curl with the dumbbell, so you twist your palm up. But then you rotate it down on the way down. So the hand is, uh, you know, the palm is facing up on the way up and the palm is facing down on the way down. Now that works the, the bicep through a very, very full range of motion because the bicep doesn't just close the arm. It also supinates the hand. But it also works the muscles of the forearm uh, different than any other, you know, bar, uh, dumbbell or barbell bicep exercise. Mm -hmm. And I remember throwing that movement in. And because it was different, right? Because it's novel. I'm not, I've never, I'd never done this before. I'd done dumbbell curls, hammer curls, barbell curls, preacher curls, machine curls, all that stuff. Never done a zombie curl. Threw them in my routine, and my arms just responded. It's just, a, it's a, it's a old school exercise that people don't do anymore. Another uh, one is uh, bent press. Uh, uh, ben, oh, bent presses. I started doing those uh, when I was really getting into shoulder exercises. Specifically, I was going through all these rotations, doing Indian clubs, which is another uh, old method that you know they used back in the day to provide strength and mobility in the shoulder joint. Uh, but then I saw people doing bent presses, and you remember this. This is a very iconic uh, type of an exercise that you see old strongmen do where they're actually bending over to the side and lifting and then supporting and locking their elbow or locking their shoulder out and supporting something heavy over their head. Yeah, this was actually um, 
Because in those days when these- They'd have benches back then, right? Well, what they used to do in those days is strongmen would, would travel the country performing shows. It was like one of their show pieces. Yeah, they would show like how much they could lift. And, and oftentimes they would compete with each other and they challenge each other. So you'd have like Eugene Sandow, you know, would put out a challenge and then they'd have local strongmen come and challenge them. And one of the main challenges of the day was to see who could lift the most weight over their head and then who could lift the most weight over their head with an arm, with one arm. And the bent press was invented because technically speaking, uh, biomechanically, it's it's an advan- advantageous way to lift something with one arm. It's a, it's it's a technical movement. Now, mm-hmm. on the 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 flip side of that is, I mean, you're working definitely working your shoulder, but you're working your arm and you're working your core, yeah. your quadratus lumborum, your obliques. You you are working your whole body, it but includes it includes a lot more muscles. But these guys, right. I mean, Eugene Sandow, uh, one arm bent pressed 300 pounds. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. here you're talking about a 185 pound man before creatine was even invented. But this exercise is phenomenal. Another good one is a Zercher squat. Oh, yeah. Zercher squats, uh, here's the funny thing. So people think of a Zercher squat as a strong man exercise because it simulates holding like an atlas stone or holding something in front of you. It, it gives you a little bit of that rounded back lift, uh, kind of lift. Um, you're supporting with your arms, but it's a hip exercise. There's a lot of posterior chain involved, mm. a lot of glutes, a lot of hamstrings, a lot of back. And you would think like, Oh, that's that's an exercise that either just strong men do or just guys want to do, right? Because it's kind of hard and it it's uncomfortable. Super popular among women because when you do a zercher squat, you do it properly, you feel it in your glutes, you feel it in your hamstrings, and again in because your core. because it's novel, because it's so different. Um, when you put some some of these odd lifts into your routine that you can do with a barbell or a dumbbell, you don't need weird equipment to do some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Your body just responds. Another one's like a circus press or mm-hmm. snatch grip deadlifts or cleans. Like, uh, you know, you throw these exercises in and you'll find them to be, I mean, I'll tell you what, far more, uh, they're far more effective and beneficial than machine exercises. Oh, I, I, I would argue that a, a Zercher squat is maybe the most functional movement that you can do. Oh, very close, yeah. When you and when I think functional, I think of like what has the most carryover into real life movement. And there's not a lot of exercises that simulate fo- a front loaded squat like that mm-hmm. that when I think of all the things that I've done in my life on a day-to-day basis or working at jobs like at the ranch or things like that, and I have to carry things or pick furniture up. That's exactly what you have to do. You front load it so it's in front of you. Nobody carries furniture on their back. No. Like that's what's funny. We do back squats all day long and we call the back squat the most functional exercise uh, uh, known to man. But it really isn't, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think you'll never take something evenly distributed on both sides, throw, throw it over your back, and then squat it down in real life. That just doesn't happen. But how many people can say they've picked up a couch? Picked up dog food, picked up a bale of hay, you know, grabbed pick up a, your kid. Yeah, yeah, picked your kid up. And that to me is exactly what you're doing in a goblet or a zercher type of squat, mm-hmm. which that's why I think that exercise is it's crazy that it, it, it's not in a lot of programs because I feel like just because it's different, people avoid doing it. But when you think about one of the things that will benefit you in real life, it's one of the best. Right. Things you can and do. those are examples of like ways of, of incorporating conventional exercises with a little bit of a twist so it emulates more of a real world situation where two like something that uh, I love working with sandbags for the for the purpose of it it actually shifts weight 
So think about having weight, like you mentioned with dog food, or you have, uh, you know, something that has like moments where the weight may move on you and you have to adjust to that. So, um, that's something too, that I think people don't really think about that very often. Uh, they always think that the weight is just going to be pretty much balanced and standard, but that's not the case in real life all the time. No, one thing we have to really hammer home that I think is so important that we communicate to people is that, uh, not all exercises are created equal. Some exercises are far more effective than others, and there's a lot of movements that are that are out there that we just don't do anymore. We just don't teach anymore. And you're going to get the double benefit of doing these exercises, A, because you're not doing them, so they're totally new. And anytime you throw something new at your body, your, your potential for adaptation is highest because it's new. And the second thing is these were prized exercises among strength athletes because of the effects that they had on the body. So if you want your your body to change more rapidly and get better results and and see more muscle, more definition, these unconventional type movements, like the ones that we named, in my opinion, are absolute prices. They are part of my routine on on an almost weekly basis now. Another one's a farmer carry. Mm. I thought a farmer carry for a long time, I would do farmer carries and I thought, okay, this is kind of good for posture and good for my grip. Which is true. It is good for your grip. Mm-hmm. It is good for your posture. But no, when I did farmer carries as part of my program or actually practice them, I got to the point where I would, on my trap bar, load it with 450 pounds and I'd walk for 100 yards. And I remember my back building, my calves building. Mm-hmm. Um, I built my core. I could tell my core. And it's why? Because I'm doing a very fundamental foundational movement, walking. And I'm doing it with a heavy load. Again, probably one of the most functional things you could possibly do. Right. You know, if we ever, as humans, in throughout all history, if we ever did anything that with, you know, uh, if we ever manipulated something that was really, really, really heavy, what we probably had to do was pick it up mm-hmm. and walk with it. Yep. We probably had to move things. You know, whether it's a kill that we did, we just hunted, a, you know, an antelope gazelle. We got to pick it up, carry it. For a distance, whatever, and the farmer walk really emulates that. And I noticed, like this whole. And here's the thing too about these exercises: there's a localized effect from an exercise. Like if I do a bicep curl, the muscle that gets affected the most is my bicep. But there's this systemic effect that exercise has on the whole body. And we've proven this. There's studies where people will work out just one side of their body, and what ends up happening is definitely most of the muscle and strength goes to the side of the body that's being trained. But there's also muscle and strength being gained on the opposite side that's not being worked, which is, just kind of highlights the systemic effect. And some exercises are better at that than others, like farmer walks. Well, not to mention, and we've already made the case already, the importance of training your central nervous system. And and we've I've mentioned your analogy so many times on here, like it being the empire. There are there's certain exercises that lend itself very well to training the central nervous system. That's an example of that right there. Everything is engaged when you're doing a farmer walk. There's mm-hmm. like f- literally from the traps down to your toes, everything is being fired. So you, right. th- you think of something if the if the amplifier is if the CNS is the amplifier that sends out the signal to all the muscles in the body to work, then exercises that engage and incorporate all of those muscles are what's going to train and develop that more than anything else. So of course, 
a heavy farmer carry like that with a trap bar, 400-something pounds. Yeah, everything has to work in harmony. Yeah, talk about building your amp. Talk Absolutely. about building your central nervous system, which then has tremendous carryover and all the other traditional lifts that everybody and, loves to do. And not just that, but think of it this way. If you have a healthy, well-functioning, strong central nervous system, you have a part of your body that can withstand stress. Mm-hmm. Think about all what, – what, what do you think gets affected the most – in your body when you're under too much stress for too long a period of time. It's your central nervous system. That is what gets depressed. That is what starts to uh, become damaged. That's why you feel tired when you're under too much stress. That's what gets stimulated when you take a stimulant like caffeine. It's your central nervous system. So training it, improving the tone the tone of it, the strength of it, uh, benefits your not just your your, your performance – it benefits your overall health. Here's some of the problems, though, with some of the stuff that we're talking about. Like a farmer, let's talk about a farmer walk, for example, which, again, I think is a phenomenal exercise. Because modern workouts, especially modern resistance training workouts, now for so long have followed this pattern of body part training, where today I'm focusing on my glutes, you know, tomorrow's my legs, the next day's my chest, the next day's my back. The problem with an exercise like a farmer walk. Where do you throw that in? How do you program it into your routine? Right. If it works everything, what day do I put it on? What about a bent press? Yes, I know the shoulder's pressing the weight up, but I'm also using my core. I'm also using my back. I'm also using a, a lot of the hem, hip and hamstring of one side of my body, depending on which arm I'm using. Which, which day do I put that on? What about a snatch grip high pull or a deadlift? There's a lot of biceps involved. There's also a lot of back and hips involved. And so I think people look at these exercises and think, Okay, you know, the guy, Mind Pump sold me on these exercises. They're effective. Mm-hmm. I just don't know where to put this on. Is it chest day? Is it back day? I also think there's a fear, too, of, of getting injured, right? So mm-hmm. because they're um, complex movements and they're different and they're unique and you can't peek over at the the fit buff guy in the gym doing them. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yeah. he's not. He's over on the cables. There's no examples there. He's, he's over on the cables or on the hammer strength machine. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> He ain't doing the hard shit. Right. So you don't you don't get uh, very good examples of these movements. And, you know, I, I remember what it's like coming into a gym the first time and, and feeling intimidated. It's already an intimidating feeling for a lot of people to walk into a new gym or a gym period and go exercise to better yourself. Then it's really intimidating to do movements that – you don't see anybody else doing. So I do get that. I get that that's a major challenge and a hurdle for people is seeing those things and then also not and then not being afraid that am I going to do them wrong, mm-hmm. do them wrong and end up hurting myself. They're yeah. complex exercises, um, requ- which means that they require a little bit more patience to practice. learn and yeah. practice. They're high and, skill. And they're unfamiliar. It's unfamiliar. You know, people have seen a bench press uh, or a pull down or, or a row – um, uh, at least a hundred times. Tell me how many times you've seen a snatch grip high pull. Tell me how many times you've seen a circus press. Tell me how many times you've seen someone do a proper farmer walk. And so they're just they're just unfamiliar as, as well. And people, like you said, Adam, they're afraid of getting hurt. But I'm here to tell you right now, just like any exercise that's out there, if you learn to do them and you practice them. Don't go in with the intention of hammering a body part. Go in with the intention of practicing these exercises. You're not going to get hurt. You'll get good at them, and you are going to reap tremendous benefits from them. I also think that they're they're greatly misunderstood too. It's and this isn't just in these these strongman type lifts. I find this across the board in a lot of exercises. We we do this 
stupid thing of putting ourselves in camps. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're a bodybuilder, so you don't you don't do deadlifts. You don't you venture don't, out of that. Yeah, you don't venture out of that because you most identify with bodybuilders, you stay there. Or you most identify with powerlifters, you stay there. Or you most identify with strong, you stay there. Or you most identify with mobility people and yoga people, you stay there. When the, the reality of it is there's so much great things to get from mm-hmm. all these different modalities, and we just got to get out of our own fucking heads with this, oh, I'm, I don't, why should I train that way? Like, absolutely, if you don't train that way, you should train that way. Yeah. Because you're going to get some of the best benefits, even for your goal yeah. that seems different Well, it's than intimidating, that. but if you want to grow, the only way to grow is to change. Right. And, and you, this is one of those things where a lot of these exercises are very foreign. Like, it's intimidating. That's It's something that... That, um, you know, looking at it, it like it, it looks like it's probably not for me because of my comfort zone and what I what I already know ahead of time. But that's all the more reason for you to educate yourself and to go through the process of not being super good at it for a while, but seeing like the, the I mean, what what happens right away with that is you respond. Yeah, and and here's a big a big big uh, misconception is that a lot of these exercises aren't for women. That only guys do them. I'm not interested in super big muscles. I'm not interested in in you know crazy amounts of strength. Right, because all you see are these like huge like Goliaths <laughs> Look, out there doing these things. Ladies, if you're listening right now, and this is you, I'm going to tell you something. Okay, it wasn't that long ago. I, I mean, I've been training now for, or I've been in this industry now for a little over 20 years. It wasn't that long ago that all weights were considered just for men. Any weights, it was. Women, I, I, when I first started out as a trainer, I used to have to convince women to lift weights. And then I had to convince them to use free weights. I remember that that discussion. Oftentimes, I would have a, a female client, and then I'd convince them, no, let's use machines. And they'd be like, okay. And I'd say, okay, we need some free weights. No, 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 no. I don't want to use free weights. That's just for that's just for guys who want to build big muscles. I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. And it, I'd have to have these discussions and tell them, look, if you want to get results in the most effective way possible, you got to do the most effective exercises. And trust me, if you're one of the, you know, one in one million women that can build muscle like a man, uh, it won't happen overnight. You'll get to the point where you look in the mirror and you'll tell me, "Hey, this is about as much muscle as I want," and I'll be like, "Perfect." We can then back off. And what a great place to be! But these exercises that we're talking about, we're training like a strong man in the context of in your normal gym, not to compete, but rather to get your body to really respond and change. These exercises are for anybody who wants effective results, man mm-hmm. or woman, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They're for anybody who wants oh, effective results. I've got I've got a client friend of mine right now who has gone through anabolic, has gone for performance, has d- gone through aesthetic before, has been training long before that, did Orange Theory, done all these things, been in great shape uh, on on third, se- excuse me, second kid, uh, and been and seen herself fall out of shape, get back into shape, and she's been consistently training again. And she recently reached out to me just like two and a half months ago, and asked me like you know for guidance and direction. And I said, well, have you gone through the Map Strong program yet? And she's like, no, I, I didn't really think that would be one for me. And I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like, you're gonna love it. Just trust me. Like. She's like, yeah, but I was I was looking at the the pictures of the girl and the guy, and you know me, I just Adam, I want to lose like 15, 15 more pounds, and I feel I'll feel great, and just want to tighten up a little bit, and that's my goal. I'm like, oh, you're gonna do this, so I made her do it. I made her buy strong, and she's tripping out because she's seeing more results yep. in her body right now than she has in any other program, and she's asking me why, and I'm like, well, 
you've been somebody who's been working out for a really long time. So even though the, the, the programming and aesthetic and anabolic and performance is so killer and you still saw great results with that, you're seeing the most results with strong because it's the most foreign to your body. Mm -hmm. The movements in there, you've, there's so many movements you've never done before. And so because you're an experienced lifter, it's harder to get that same stimulus. When you're a brand, when you're a newbie, you can throw almost any modality, any exercise program towards that person and their body responds and change. And then they fall in love with it and think it's the best thing ever. But when you get somebody who's been training for years and years and they've trained lots of different programs and, and changed intensity levels and changed reps and sets and all the basic stuff, it gets a little bit more challenging to show them and move the needle and by putting her on strong, even though her goal wasn't to be a strong man or get really, really strong, her body is seeing the most change when it comes to reducing body mm -hmm. fat and tightening her body up, which is what she wants to do. Map Strong is Jessica's favorite program. I know. It's all, every time I introduce it to one of my female clients, it ends up being theirs. It's just I have to convince yeah. them, which is what it's why I, I, yeah, I know a bit it's of a barrier there. we were inspired to do this episode because it's like, you know what? We need to talk about this because for some reason, people tend to avoid it because they feel like, uh, oh, it's not really for me or I'm not really looking to do that. But in reality, there's a good majority of people probably listening right now that it's probably the most ideal for them and they'll probably see the most benefits and the most change by going through something like well, it. Again, mm -hmm. I, I did the program with Jessica. For me, uh, I've done obviously all of our programs, right? I was a part of writing all of them. And Map Strong is, uh, I would say, probably the best muscle builder that I followed. I'd say it's up there with Maps Anabolic. Maps Anabolic is another great muscle builder, but Map Strong, because of the the different exercises, many of which I had done in the past but never had really trained, because of that, my body just. Remember when I was going through it, I would come to the work yeah. and mm -hmm. just rave about it. Yeah. Um, the work sessions were insane. Yeah. Um, in Map Strong, we have our foundational workouts, but then there's something called work sessions, and it's the work sessions where you're. I mean, the work sessions were harder than the foundational workouts. Oh, you're building that motor. I mean, the the whole point of that is to really like build up that muscle endurance, that that work capacity, so you're able to uh, endure. Uh, you, you know, hard, laborious, labor-intensive type work. So right, right, right. Yeah. The first, and here's the thing with Map Strong, it starts out different than a lot of our other programs. And remember, we wrote this with uh, a strongman competitor because we wanted some insight on what made him and what made them such incredible competitors in the sport of strongman. Which, if you look at strongman, forget the the way the guys and girls look who compete in it. You are looking at the 1% of the 1%. These guys, many of these men are giants. I mean, Robert Oberst, uh, you know, there's a picture of him sitting with us at, I remember where we were eating lunch <laughs> and he's sitting across from us and we all look like his, his children yeah. Yeah. on the other side Little of the table. Toddlers. Yeah. But, but when you look at having to compete in this thing, what do you need to be an effective strongman competitor? You're not a power lifter. It's very different. Power lifting is lift a weight as heavy as you possibly can for one rep. Mm -hmm. That's not strongman. Strongman is you have to move with the weight. You got to be strong. You got to have stamina, and you got to have strength, endurance. You got to have all those things. Not to mention, you're also doing new movements. This is why I loved actually the way we kind of flipped this program on its head in comparison to other ones. The way we we did the first phase because phase the very first phase you're doing 20 reps. Mm -hmm. There is no 20 rep phase squats and deadlifts in, I mean, in, in any other program that yeah. we've done. And it makes aside from what you're saying right now, it also makes sense because. If you're teaching a client, if I was coaching a client on a new movement that they're trying to learn, it's 
I wouldn't want them doing really, really heavy weight. I'd rather them do a lighter weight that we do tw- 15 to 20 reps to practice, to get good at it, to get the mechanics down really mm-hmm. well. So I really love that about this too. I love that we did that because not only does it build your motor, which uh-huh. to your point you're making, I think is important, but it also gives this person, hey, I'm doing all these new exercises and movements. It gives me a lot of repetitions of yeah, practice. You practice something. Practice time. Yeah, you do it five times and you stop. It's hard to get good at something like that. You do yeah. it 20 reps. Oh, I love that. And then it like peaks up so you can do like your your one to four reps, you know, once you really hit your stride and, and really like hone in on those specific movements while you're you're building up your motor too at its its highest capacity. So. Yeah, phase one, uh, the Z press, which the Z press <laughs> favorite, is- Favorite, favorite, one of my favorite movements oh it's it's yeah. a it's a game changer movement it's absolutely one of my favorites and there's different varieties or versions of the z press in map strong one of them is the legs apart version which is the part the, the way that you should start doing them but then it gets more difficult as we bring the legs together and this was over this was robert's suggestion he says why don't we try some versions that are more difficult the legs together and let me tell you when you try these first of all I, I can overhead press in my workout standing 135 pounds. When I'm doing a seated Z press, I have maybe 90 pounds on the bar, and I am focusing on that full extension at the top. And you have to. You have to go lighter and focus on that real good full extension. Now, why do strongmen like doing this exercise? Because they want to – they the, the time when they miss lifts – when they're pushing something over their head or putting something over a wall, it's usually the last two inches. It's that lockout. Uh-huh. What I noticed from an aesthetic standpoint is my my shoulders got better development and my upper back. I noticed great development in my upper back well, from that posture. What I noticed from a coaching point and actually teaching others how to do it, it's such a great way. So I, uh, I'm i notorious uh, for teaching the split stance uh, with a bicep curl, right? Like a, when we first started Mind Pump, I remember showing the guys like this is, was a staple – thing that I did with all clients that if they were doing any arm exercises, I always put them in a split stance. And it was like a trainer trick that I'd figured out a long time ago that if I made it a little, made them a little unstable, it forced them into good posture, which then helped with, with proper mechanics with doing a really basic movement. Right. So an overhead, an overhead press is, is a complex movement, but yet it's very basic, right? You're just putting something over your head. So most people believe they can do that pretty well, but most people actually fail to do that with really good form. Mm-hmm. So I love the Z press to teach really good shoulder press mechanics yeah. because it you you are forced to when you press up to retract the shoulders and to fully extend because if you at all <laughs> lean so you're, you're back, you deviated all your back, super exposed. Oh, yeah. they'll throw you, you back on your back. You can't lean yeah, on your, fall your glutes and your yeah. You can't lean on your legs to support you anymore. Right, and you can't arch your back. You can't do any of that. You have to. You, the, the bar has to, the the movement that the bar has to travel in order for that exercise to work. You have to have really, really good mechanics. So I love it. It's something that didn't get introduced to me till later into my training career. It got introduced to you, I think, when we were all when we first met, right? Or was yeah. it before that? A little bit before that. Yeah. I was doing. I was doing because I did it all through my my bodybuilding training. Oh, you did. A, okay. Yeah, it was one of my. It was a little bit before that, but not long before that, uh, and became something that I like taught all clients to do. In fact, uh, had I known that uh, about the Z press as an early trainer, I would have actually replaced it with any standing overhead press first. I would have mm. taught clients Z mm-hmm. press first 
because again, it forces them into good mechanics. And then once they got that understanding, then I would allow them to use their their lower half mm-hmm. to help the stabilize the exercise more and get a generate a little right. bit of power for like a push press. So that's how I love the Z press. Yeah. I believe that it should be in everybody's routine. And what's cool about Map Strong is it's not body part broken down. It's movement focused. Mm-hmm. You're focusing on movements. You're focusing on lifts and hip hinges and presses and rows. You're focused on being able to get strong in these different kinds of movements. And if you're used to training body part style, you know, back and shoulders and by, and then you switch to something like this, it's so different for your body. Watch what happens. Just watch what happens to the type of muscle development that you that you end up going through. Mm-hmm. And then with strong, we progress you to from higher reps to lower and lower reps, but more sets and, of course, heavier weight. The second phase is the 8 to 10 rep range, which is more bodybuilder style. Yeah, hypertrophy strength. Yeah, and in that phase, you're doing the zercher squats. You're doing the oberst crunches, which is a new exercise that we, we weren't – had never done before. You're getting strong with that hip hinging. You know what's a great exercise too that's in there that I forgot to talk about? Penlay rows. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Loved, yeah, I love that. I didn't learn staple for me. I didn't learn that one till much, much later. Mm-hmm. And really it's you know, it's funny. The back, yes, I, I I'm working my lats, I'm working my rhomboids and all that stuff when I'm rowing or I'm doing a pull down. But when you throw hip extension into a row, something magical happens with the back. And I think it has to do with how we evolved. I really do think that there's no time in human history, except for when we invented gyms, where if you were pulling something, you weren't using hip extension. I feel like they go hand in hand. This is one of the reasons why I think the deadlift builds the back better than any, any other exercise. Even if, even though if you look at the anatomy of, of how muscles in the back work, you would technically be like, oh, you know, you get a fuller range of motion with a, with a dumbbell row or, or a lat pull down or whatever deadlifts just build a bigger back because it involves a hip extension. Oh, a I th- penlay roll does the same thing. Oh, yeah. I think that has a lot to do with, you know, all the all the b- muscles in your back, all the way from the rector spinae all the way up, right. are having to support the spine. And when you're rowing, like a penlay row or a bend and over. And you're doing it explosively. Yeah, it's heavy. Which is fast twitch, which your muscles respond differently to that type of like a power, like a max force kind of effort. And That's right. And every and the, the entire back, even though you're like, to your point, Sal, you're, you're really working mostly the lats, a little bit of rhomboids, but your entire back is being engaged. The mm-hmm. CNS is firing the entire back, stabilizing, saying, support this spine, mm-hmm. hold it in this neutral position. Why this guy rips up this weight up off the ground. That in itself is, is I think that's what stimulates so much strength and growth in the, in the back. Also the way that. that it's the way that it's taught in map strong is a little bit different. And I thought it was fascinating. So the mm-hmm. way that Robert Oberst, enjoys doing these pen lay rows is he likes to explosively lift the weight up and then drop it yep. and then start at the floor, explosively lift it and drop it again. Now the benefit of that, oh, the power. Cuts the eccentric. Yes, the power that you generate, it doesn't damage the body as much as doing the controlled uh, lowering, which there's nothing wrong with controlled lowering. But again, because I never lift in this yeah, way, this is different. once I started doing these pen lay rows, I was like, this is insane. I'm getting the most insane back pump um, of probably my life and why I had such great results with it. Yeah. Phase three, you get into the real low reps, two to four reps. That's when you're doing stuff like the circus presses. Lots of good, effective pressing movements. There's even some pressing movements in Map Strong that you think only bodybuilders do, like um, 
What's the one where you have the dumbbells pressed together? And oh, I can't. Z- Z- Zvend. Zvend Zvend Svend press. Svend press. Svend press. Uh, he, he said it really helped him with uh, some of his strength as kind of an auxiliary movement. That's also a map strong. Which, you know, it's a really <laughs> an interesting sort of Easter egg to the program, too, is watching Robert Oberst do uh, speed ladders. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You're talking my about, favorite part. There is a section in Map Strong. So if you can follow the whole program with regular gym equipment. I did it in my garage, and I have yeah. barbell. I have a squat rack, barbell, adjustable bench, dumbbells, and I have uh, a trap bar, or I did dumbbells for the farmer's walks. And I did the whole program with that. So if you belong to a regular gym or you have a well-equipped home gym, you could do the entire program. But we did throw in there optional uh, mm-hmm. exercises with unconventional equipment. Well, like- I just love it because, like, I mean, he really does have great, like, athletic coordination for how big this guy is, like, doing this. And he's, like, performing it well. Uh, and I love that this is an option. You know, it's it's something, like, as, a, as an athlete to – uh, I want to. I want to keep that nice, like speed. I want to keep those cuts. I want to keep my feet, uh, you, you know, fast on the field. And so this is another way to kind of incorporate that uh, within your training and build up uh, your work capacity volume. Yeah. So you have uh, sandbag uh, exercises in there. Yep. Sled exercises, uh, ladder uh, drills. And so you can do these exercises with unconventional uh, equipment. Yeah, we give it the option in this program. Yes, like, yes, This is optional. one of the few programs where we did that, where we had like, okay, here's options. If you do have access to all these cool tools, That's right. mm-hmm. this is how we program it. If you don't have access to all these tools, this is how you use you know, your your conventional dumbbell, mm-hmm. barbell type uh, tools inside the regular yeah. gym. This program right here, more than any of the other MAPS program that I followed, I felt at the end of it, my capacity for hard work um, and my my body's recovery ability improved dramatically. I was able I could handle more volume and more intensity um, than I think almost at any time in my lifting career. And at the age of you know when I did this, I think I was thirty eight or thirty nine. I just felt like I had developed this incredible work capacity. A lot of that goes to the work sessions that ramp up each phase that are just. I mean, they were they are kick ass. They are going to kick your ass. But mm-hmm. if you do them right, um, like we have them laid out in the program, your body's ability to recover and build just improves. When I got out of Map Strong and went back into my normal traditional resistance training type routine, uh, I was stronger in almost all my lifts, um, and my recovery ability was was just insane. It was also probably one of the most challenging programs for us to write too. I think. And what I remember is I remember us going back and forth on the exercise order because that's what makes, I think, this one so unique uh, and so difficult in comparison to, you know, your your more standard type of, of programming is it's very easy when you're doing something for the biceps, for the triceps, for just the shoulders to like what order of operation mm-hmm. these should all go in. But when you do a lot of these really unconventional type of lifts, like asking yourself, okay, you know, how much of that can this person handle in a single workout? When do you run a back and exercise similar to it? Yeah. And I remember us going back and forth and, and arguing like, no, 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 we can't yeah. put that there because they're posterior. It'll compromise you here. Right. And- yeah, that was a, a big conversation because we <laughs> we wanted to make sure it, it did flow and it did make sense to the order. And so you'd still maintain composure for more skilled lifts. And then mm-hmm. we could add in, you know, less technical ones after that. No, I love I love the program. I did it. I love the way it worked. Again, it's, it's Jessica's favorite. Uh, she's done all of our programs. It's her favorite one. 
And I love the the reviews that we're getting from people because I think partially people didn't know what to expect and the reviews are, are coming back and people are loving. We're, we're, I'm getting a lot of comments from women on glute development. On the backside. They're, yeah, they're noticing yeah. a lot of glute development. From the men, I'm noticing a lot of what they're saying is back. Like yeah. I'm just, my back is getting really strong. Um, I We had one, uh, did, didn't we have a power lifter in the forum who followed Map Strong and then competed in a powerlifting yeah, competition? Yeah, we've also had people that have actually gone into strong strongman competitions yeah, after doing it. Super, so. super awesome. You burn a shit ton of calories with these these workouts. The work sessions, like I said, are harder. To, that's a good point right there. This is yeah. I this would is more advanced. I was gonna say I, I would recommend uh, if you are like a brand new listener, a brand new person into Mind Pump. It is a more advanced program. I, I would definitely recommend going through our more foundational stuff first, which is MAPS anabolic, MAPS performance, or MAPS aesthetic to kind of ramp you up to strong. Strong has definitely got a lot more volume. You're getting after it. Yeah, there's strong. more volume, more intensity, uh, definitely a challenging uh, challenging workout. It's a, it's, a, it was, it's a good time. I saw. I remember when Doug went through it, uh, I noticed the same thing with him, uh, his results. So. Great program. I think when this airs, we should have about four days left for the 50% off sale. So we put it on sale half off this month. It's the only month of the year that it'll be on 50% off. If you're interested, here's what you do. Go to mapsstrong.com, M-A-P-S-S-T-R-O-N-G.com, and use the code STRONG50, S-T-R-O-N-G-5-0, for the discount. Also, if you would like some free information, make sure you check out mindpumpfree.com. We have a lot of guides on there that are absolutely free. And you can also find us all on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal and Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.